Hi, I'm Naomi Simpson. I'm really pleased to be bringing you Season 2 of Handpick, the podcast, where business owners ask me the questions. We've got a fabulous variety of great business owners with really tough questions that'll give you incredible insights. And remember, go back and check out Season 1 if you missed any of those episodes. Now I get to speak to Fred, or Fred's going to give me the hard questions, which I don't know if I'm looking forward to. I've met Fred on a number of occasions. In fact, I first met you at Entrepreneur of the Year, which you were a winner. So, um, you know, what an entrepreneurial journey you've had with your globalbusinessfinder.com and the many other things that you're involved with. But maybe for our listeners of Handpicked, you can give them a bit of context to your businesses. Uh, thank you, Naomi, and thanks everyone for listening. Um, it's really grown over time, you know, obviously in different countries and you know, some of the things that we're doing are obviously now a lot more, you know, I guess automated people. So you, know, you can buy and sell a Bitcoin in the Finder app. You can compare all, obviously your insurances, your credit cards, mortgages and things like that. And then we started building services where it just automates that for you as well, which is really cool. Um, and that's, that's really uh, where we've come from and where we're, we're sort of going today. But, but I think, you know, I've just written this book and um, I know you've written some incredible books as well. And so I'm keen to ask you some questions about it. Sure, let's go. Awesome. Well, I think one of the questions I, I'm, you know, fascinated by is when you um, have written a book, how have you been able to promote it? Yeah, well, depending on who your publisher is, they will appoint a publicity person, which usually goes for only about four weeks. And one expects the life of a book to be much longer than four weeks, especially for a business book, um, because by the time people find out that it's there and get around to buying it, it could take uh, weeks and so forth. So your publisher is likely to have a launch plan, but it's the ongoing stuff. The number one thing for any author is to stay in print as long as you possibly can. And because um, even though people are buying online uh, versions and um, the uh, the audibles and so forth, they still want to keep your book in print, especially for a business book, because people want to put it on their shelves and refer to it uh, later on. So it's all about association. It's no different than any other product. It's who's reading it, making sure you've got all the social uh, channels going on. And for me as a speaker, I always take my book with with me and I ask people if they want to buy the book while they're there. Um, for one, as a speaker, it gives me an excuse to speak to people in the audience and they get to ask me the questions. So I get that little one-on-one moment uh, with them, but also um, it does me the favour of keeping the book in print. And so I guess like after the launch, you know, there's sort of a dip, you know, like um, how, did you, how did you cross the dip, you know, and keep that... Um, next wave of, and I guess, do you have any stories of you know campaigns you've done or things which you know really boosted and took to the next level? Well, things I didn't do well enough, if you ask me, is the reviews. So first of all, is getting people to write reviews. Um, and have them published not just in the traditional media but in um, in blogs and newsletters and business newsletters and business associations. So where do you get people to write reviews? 
And the second thing is online reviews, just like any product, you know, the star ratings, just like the podcast, you know, write, review, uh, rate, and uh, because people really trust that. And particularly with Amazon, if you can get to the top of the list, it's like getting to the top of the list with Apple with a podcast, you, um, because then it kind of perpetuates itself because it'll come up on feeds. Your book is about authenticity and it's about being real and you, you are very uh, vulnerable in your book, which I thought was really brave because most people don't tell the warts and all version of being an entrepreneur um, and so you want your reviews to reflect that you, you, it's not about getting um, you know bots or somebody to write them you want real reviews so you have to ask people if you like it write it if you didn't like it also tell people because they'll know what to expect mm. what do you think um, is the profile of a person who buys your book yeah, I was really clear when I was writing my books who I was writing for. Um, the Live What You Love was literally for every person who finds themselves in a place or in a career or in a job that they just don't want to be in. And at the time I had four, you know, almost adult kids who were making career decisions and I just wanted them to choose a life that they wanted and that they chose not that was oh mum thinks you should be an ex no 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 you you do the work and you find out where your passion lies so I was really clear I was talking to my younger self all the things I wish I had have known um, and the second one it was for all those people who came on Shark Tank you know what they should have known and could have known and their startup thing and trying to really demystify that real those moments it's not so romantic being a startup business at all um, and demystify it knowing that not everybody is made for this journey that we are on and um, I, I could see that person standing in front of me so that then rolls out into also how and who you're promoting it to so so and and I speak to them as if they were an individual and so when I'm was doing interviews I was on radio or on television I was talking about the book it was as if I was speaking the first person to that one and that created an intimacy it wasn't people will it's you will like in the first person I see you I hear you I understand your pain and if you are giving up your time to read my book I promise that your time is precious and I will deliver an outcome for you but read it if you're this sort of person don't read it if you know if you want a good fiction that's not that's not my book so um so it was really clear on who and then that just perpetuated itself to how I spoke uh in interviews and follow-up um, I think I'm interested in going back a step um, why did you write your first book? Like, how did you? I know you see, you were talking to your um, children, but I can imagine there's a business um, aspect to that. But what was your goal? Yeah, I um, I've been writing for LinkedIn for many years. I was one of their first influencers, and they used to send us topics to write on every month. And one of them was, "What would you tell your younger self?" And there was so much I'd tell my younger self. So you know, six hundred words turned into six thousand words, turned into sixteen thousand words, and then I spoke to a publisher friend and she said just keep writing because if you get to about 70 or 80,000 words we've got a book that first book really needed a very 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 good edit because it was like Bleh. the second book I knew much better the process of writing a book and it was far more structured of the sorts of things I wanted to cover um, so I wrote a book because 
I realized that my speaking engagement, so I do a lot of speaking, I just can't get to enough people to make a difference. So I wanted to have bigger and broader audiences that were also outside of Australia and New Zealand. I want, uh, you know, there's 3 million people on LinkedIn. Well, well, how do I reach them? How do I get to them with my message um, of positivity uh, and, and putting things into perspective? So I thought writing a book was a good idea. After someone read your book, what was your plan of how that person would continue to um, you know, um, interact with you. What was, what was your goal there? I put my email address in the back of both books, and just so that people could reach out if they did. And not many people do, and it's it's fine if they do. But also, I just encourage people to you know go to my a blog naomisimpson.com and then sign up to the newsletter. And every time I find something of interest, I kind of send it out once a month or so. Uh, and now, of course, I got the podcast, so they need to subscribe to my podcast. So, um, so really, th- there was no intention about creating a community. I tried a little bit of that on Facebook, and I found that it just got a little bit spammy. You know, people joined the community, and then they were just trying to sell to each other and this, that, and the other thing. And and I was like, mm, that's not really the intention here. This is about education and learning um, and uh, I, I love promoting businesses this is why I'm doing the podcast because I can shine a light on businesses anywhere and everywhere who are doing incredible things so that were, so that didn't really work um, so I found it's a little bit one way when it comes to community but look even in this podcast I've had people hold up the books whilst we're talking um, when I'm on speaking engagements people come up to me and they say because I read your book and it is really very rewarding Uh, And that's what I encourage people to do. If it had an impact, let me know. It's great. It wasn't so sophisticated as a whole CRM strategy and nurture marketing and everything. Just not so sophisticated. I really did just put it out there and say it needs to have a life of its own. What are are some things, Naomi, that sort of were some of the benefits that you didn't expect um, that sort of, you know, came about from, you know, publishing your thoughts and things like the that. The most delightful thing is when people come up to me and say, I read your book at school um, or that uh, I, I had to do an assignment on you for my business class at, at uni and that's really delightful. So I think you never really know the outcome that you're going to deliver for, for people and that to me has just been one of the great things. I don't know how many thousands of people that I've supported on their business journeys. But what I do know is that I may as well share it um, and have other people um, gather it. So there wasn't really anything more strategic than that. Um, For me, it wasn't necessarily about profile because I had profile from being on Shark Tank and being a speaker. It was more showing the depth of what I knew because people seeing me on television or a speaking engagement, they might get an hour with me. It's not necessarily understanding the depth of experience that I do have and I could have. And another reason for the podcast is so that people can go, oh my goodness, I didn't know that or I learned that and I discovered that. And that's a question I would have asked. So it wasn't about building my profile. It was about giving more depth to people and more learning. I guess in terms of your um, business as well, how do you think the book affected that? And and what do you think was, um, I guess, instrumental or parts? Look, in some ways it's good and bad because... 
Um, I haven't been the CEO of um, Red Balloon and our Big Red Group for 10 years. Um, and as a non-executive director, what I do think it was good is that team members, our suppliers and partners, and we did send a copy to our experienced partners, they kind of, they, they got to know me a bit more when they have really nothing to do with me on a daily basis. So I think that that was seen as uh, generous and contributing to our own community. Um, but that's about it, really, you know, uh, that it just allowed them to see more and understand more. Um, and I wasn't just a figment of, um, you know, this red thing that rushes in and rushes out and is always in a hurry. <laughs> I guess one of the things, you know, in terms of, you know, writing your thoughts down and, you know, there were probably things you sort of missed or you, know, you look back and you go, oh, I wish I could have added that X, Y, and Z. You know, how, how have you sort of dealt with that? Like, I just, you know, you have to edit stuff out, right? Well, the editing process, as you know, is an absolute nightmare because I write it and I think it's done. And the first one, I think it went through 10 iterations and the second one, probably a good four. And that's exhausting and tiring because once I'd written it, I was like, oh, I'm done with that. Boom, off it goes, shipped. I don't ever look back. And I think more is important is what would I put in the next book? And how have I moved on? And where do I take the journey to the next level that will support people in their own growth and their business growth and their own personal development? And I think that's interesting. Like what is what am I going to put in the next book that was missing? Um, how could I add more? What else have I learned in the last four years since I wrote the last one that would add value? So I don't tend to look back. In fact, I haven't reread my books since they were in print. I, I was done with them. Um, you know, because in that editing process, you read them so many times. I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> so now I'm just looking, facing forward to book number three, um, if, if it ever comes. <laughs> and um, I guess, did you do an audio version? And if so, how, how have you found the audio versus the digital versus the print versions? I didn't do an audio version and I regret that. Um, at the time, the publisher was like, no, I don't really know. But audiobooks are massive now. And audiobooks in the author's voice, uh, I think, are really, really powerful. So, no, for me, that was a missing. I didn't do it and I should have done it. Um, and maybe it was because I just couldn't sit still long enough to, to get into a studio and read it out. Maybe there's an opportunity. Maybe I need to serialise it and, and, and put it out there. The other thing is both my books are workbooks. So, you know, I ask people to write things down, make notes, put things in the back of each chapter to think through what they've learned. Um, so I wasn't quite sure how that would go in audio version, but it still was no excuse. I should have done it. Now, is your book out? It's not, no. It's, it's coming out on the 10th of August. So why did you write your book? I, I love the title. Um, it's, about, it's called Bird Live. I think it's, one of the, it's actually the third value of Finder. There's five values. Um, but it's something which I'm you know, really passionate about is launching things. I think I have a, an insatiable, um, just some sort of energy inside me that just continuously goes and seeks new, and creates new things, just un, unstoppable. Um, and this... Uh, like in the book, it's really my 10 principles of launching something. If you want to get something off the ground, anything, you know, I've launched parties, big parties. I've launched and failed with businesses. I've, um, you know, launched an app, launched, you know, businesses overseas, um, you know, launched brands, everything, you know, all sorts of things. But I think 
these are the stories that taught me those principles. They're the hard lessons and they're pretty vulnerable, but that's what happened. You know? <laughs> um, and I just tell it as it is and just share those stories and the principles in them. And I hope that, you know, it'll inspire people to launch new things. You know, I think new things are great. Um, I'm a, I love new things. Yeah, it's so, it is so true. And there's so many things that need to be launched and people don't realise what's really involved. It's not about launch date. <laughs> it's what goes on before, what goes on afterwards. So it's really great. But Fred, thank you so much for coming on Handpicked. You know, it was great to talk to you about how and why and where you launch a book because many of our listeners may be wanting to launch their own book or write their own story and I think it's really really important that we speak warts and all about what it is to be an author so thanks for coming on handpick and for those listening if you like this episode please rate it review it and share it with others because only when you share it with others do we share the handpicked story so thank you so much for listening and Fred's so great to see you and good luck with Go Live. Thanks very much.